You're listening to the best of the Tom Bernard Show.com, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> so I'd like to know if I was married to a horror piece of shit. <laughs> you could just look at her license. My. Special stripe. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. <laughs> it's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. <laughs> this is why I drink. We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are, and, you know, we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice, and they go from there and then call us back later. But the key is is that they don't know all their rights or they're not told all their rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding uh, so they can help themselves and their families the best they can. And the number is? Is 800-770-7008. Or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean, Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured, Brad, Sean, Bryant. everybody to yet another episode of the best of the tom bernard podcast brought to you as always by bradshaw and bryant kicking off the show this week we have wrestling legend chris jericho on the program on with guest host darkness dave from darkness dave radio next on the best of So joining us on the line right now, wrestler, actor, and master of ceremonies of the Chris Jericho Cruise, Chris Jericho is with us. Hey, Chris, how you doing today? Hey, man, good talking to you, Dave. Yeah, we had a great time last year, uh, especially your excursion to call up UFOs from the deep where some actually some really weird stuff went down. So yeah. it, was quite the, uh, it was quite the show. Yeah, we, had, we did this UFO summoning mm-hmm. off the side of the ship, and... I think we had about 50, 100 people out there with us doing this, and I, I walked them through this this process. And then all of a sudden this light came up, and it was hovering on the horizon. And I'm like, oh, it's probably a lighthouse or something out there. But this thing would drop, and then it would drop below the waterline and then come shooting back up. And everybody on deck was like, what the hell are we watching? It was really cool. And I'm like, well, could it be the boat's moving and we're getting this false visual? And I had two guys that are uh, former Navy. My son was one of them, he goes, no, Dad, in order for that to be moving like that, we would be rocking. This whole boat would be rolling. He goes, I don't know what the hell that is. So that guy and, and another guy that was on board the ship that was part of the Navy was talking mm-hmm. to me about it, and they were blown away. But it was a really cool time. It was just a great cruise all the cool. way around. It was. It was funny because my dad went to check that out, and he's not a paranormal guy. Right. But he was telling me exactly what you just said. It's like, you know, not, not being a 
you know, a, 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 a paranormal, you know, pundit or anything like that. He was saying there was something really weird going on. He wasn't a skeptic, but it was really kind of cool that it happened. So it just added to the whole magic of the entire uh, cruise, which, like you said, was was uh, a lot of people are saying it was one of the greatest vacations they ever had. And that's one of the reasons why we were able to get, you know, the second one up and running, because my goal was for it to always be an annual destination vacation, much like the Kiss Cruise is, where you have, you know, this contingency of people who come every year no matter what and keep telling their friends, and it becomes the hot item where it's hard to get on board because everybody buys the cabins and the pre-sale. So that's kind of what the idea was, and, and this cruise were 92% capacity already with just over six months left to go so it's almost sold out and um that's just a good sign of how much fun the first one was and the word of mouth that surrounded it 92 percent sold out with still six months to go and all elite yeah. wrestling is going to be on board which is huge chris that thing is blowing up like crazy what you sold out the first three events in like 15 minutes yeah man um there's a lot of buzz about aew kind of being the first alternative uh, wrestling company as far as, you know, the alternative to the WWE giving people a different option of, 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 of a company that they can watch. And people have just been going nuts for it. Like you said, we sold out um, Chicago for August. Uh, I think it was 10 minutes for 12,000 tickets. And it was another eight minutes for 12,000 tickets in Vegas last month. So it's, uh, it's been pretty cool and, and something that, you know, I never thought that I would work anywhere uh, other than the WWE, but one thing led to another, and, and here I am, kind of as the uh, the face of AEW at this point in time until we get up and rolling uh, for our weekly TV, which starts in October on the TNT network. So it's quite the uh, you, know, you know the battle lines have been drawn in the wrestling world, and we're kind of in the middle of a war once again, which is good for the fans and for the guys uh, in the business all across the board. Well, all elite wrestling will be on board the Jericho Cruise as well as some classic wrestlers. You've got guest of honor, nature boy, Ric Flair. My sons are coming with me on this cruise because of not only getting a chance to meet you, but to see some of the legends that'll be there. Ric Flair's going to be there. Kevin Nash is going to be on board. Scott Hall, uh, Booker T, I think you've got. Jake the Snake Roberts, Diamond Dallas Page. Not a bad lineup of some of the most legendary names in wrestling, Chris. That's, uh, that's a pretty cool little lineup going, too. Yeah. I really, you know, last year, once again, when you do something for the first time, you're kind of figuring out and, and working on the fly and, and putting together the, the talent list. I kind of got it down to a little bit of a science now. I knew what I wanted to do. Like you mentioned, AEW. So we have some of the hottest guys currently. Then combine that with some Hall of Famers uh, like, you know, Ric Flair and all those guys you mentioned. And, and, you know, it's like, where else can you go to spend a week with, with you know, Ric Flair, the greatest of all time? You could do that on the Jericho Cruise and then throw in some great comedians and some great rock and roll bands. And then what you guys do with Beyond the Darkness and live podcasting. And it just, I wanted to make it where you have a great collection of activities and talent. Um, to eat, whether, even if you don't care for wrestling or you're not an ardent wrestling fan, you'll still have fun on board the cruise. And there's so much to do. It's almost like you can't see everything that you want to see. You can but you're going to have to be really out there and, and you know, combining your schedules and figuring it all out. And that's what I want to just make so many cool things happening on board this ship to where you go, I can't miss this because if I do, 
I'm going to invest in not just one cool thing or two cool things, but, you know, dozens of cool things that you can only experience on the cruise. Not that you can watch it on TV later or anything like that. It's, going to be, it's a once-in-a-lifetime uh, experience that you get when you do Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager. And that's, uh, I'll tell you, we went on the Walking Dead cruise last year as well, mm-hmm. the final Walking Dead cruise. After coming off the Jericho cruise, the Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea, it was fun, the, the Walking Dead cruise, but it wasn't nearly as active. That's why I was a little disappointed. I'm like, boy, there was, the there was so much more to do. <laughs> well, the on, atmosphere on your was more local. It wasn't as, I don't know, energized, I, the, right? The Jericho cruise was, and that was my first cruise I've ever went on. And I was blown away. I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Why? <laughs> I've cheated myself right. out of so many fun things. <laughs> and, and that's what the, I, I, I want this to be a big party. So everybody that I have on board is handpicked by me for a reason. If it's a comedian, it's because I've watched their act and I like what mm-hmm. they're doing. If it's a band, it's because I want the atmosphere of, of rock and roll and fun. And, you know, last year I had... A, a female ACDC tribute band who just tore the house down. So right. I wanted to continue that. So I got a female Queen Kiss band called Killer Queen. There, you know. So anything that's happening is because I think that would be really fun, and I want everyone to just have a great time. And it was great because when we pulled into port in in uh, Nassau, all the other cruise ships are there, and our cruise ship, the Jericho cruise. The guys that were still on board, everybody's chanting at the other cruise ships, like, you know, our cruise is bad. Your cruise sucks. Your cruise sucks. And you see all these poor, you know, old people that are on the Mediterranean <laughs> cruise standing on the balconies wondering why these drunks on the other cruise are yelling at us and telling us that we suck. And it's just like, that's what I wanted, man. Only wrestling fans and rock and roll fans and Jericho fans would be doing something like that. So it really added, like you said, it was just a big party uh, atmosphere. And that's kind of why it was such a success. And while we'll continue to be a success and continue to make it kind of the party of, uh, of the year. And you never know what you're going to see. Andy, one of my favorite moments was an un, uh, I guess an unscheduled anything goes match that took place. And it wasn't in one of the wrestling rings. It's when Chris Jericho jumped on stage with uh, the all-female uh, uh, ACDC band, and I think was, didn't you take a, a uh, guitar to the face no, at some point? It was the it was the first night of the cruise, and I went on stage with, with the Ozzy tribute band, and uh, I was singing "Crazy Train" with Ozzy, and the guitar player got excited, and as I was kind of headbanging, he took a left. I took a right, and I took the headstock of the guitar right in my eye. I've been in Fozzy for 20 years and played thousands of gigs. Never once have I ever been hit in the eye by a guitar, ever. First night on my cruise, uh, I saw the whole cruise ship, including the infirmary where they gave me stitches uh, uh, about 2 o'clock in the morning on the first night. I did the rest of the cruise with a black eye, and it's like, well, that's, that's only on the Jericho cruise will the host get knocked out by the Aussie team and guitar player. stitches three other days. Of cruise activities to do. Well, and it's cool because you guys, not only do you have the opportunity to watch all this, but you have meet and greets with the uh, all the celebrity wrestlers and, and uh, bands and everybody will be in places people can go down and meet, do photographs, get autographs. They can uh, get these great packages. It's it's an all-in event. And and I'm not just saying it because we were part of it. I, I did two cruises last year. Walking mm-hmm. Dead, like I said, was fun and it was an interesting cruise to be a part, but it was nothing like the energy that we got on the Rock and Wrestling Rager. And Tim and I from Beyond the Darkness are going to be there, and we're going to actually do a night of ghost stories. 
at the back of the ship. Mm-hmm. They're setting up a, a faux campfire for us, and we'll tell it. And we did this on the walking No fires allowed on the cruise yeah. ship. Yeah, they get bitchy about it actually starting great, fires though. aboard a ship. And they but served hot chocolate. We had Ooh. s'mores, hot chocolate. Just, yeah. It was pretty cool. So we had we had a lot of people show up. But see, and, and, that's, and that's what I like is at first when I was putting together the lineup and having all these different ideas, like I wanted to be, if I wasn't a cruise, what I like to see. And, and as you know, Dave, we've spoken many times and, and my show, much like yours, has a great reputation for being one of the kind of premier paranormal, uh, you know, subject dealing with shows. And I said, well, I want to do this on the cruise because I remember the, the cruise line of six men who's the promoters of the cruise are kind of like, well, where does the paranormal fit in with this? I said, it fits in because it's part of what I'm interested in and part of who I am as a broadcaster as well. And they're like, well, what are they going to do? And I said, I don't know. They'll think of something. And you guys did. And then coming up with this idea that you just mentioned for the second cruise, it's perfect. Like, that's a great idea that can't play those stories. And once again, it's something for people who know nothing but wrestling are going to go, what the heck is this? And have a great time. Or people that just came for the comedians or the rock and roll or, or just to be a part of the whole vibe where you have this plethora of, uh, of activities to do, all these different subjects and genres. And it just makes it that much more exciting. Like, I want to go to your ghost-telling experience. Even if I have other activities, I'm going to book it so that I don't, so I'm clear whenever you do that so I can go. I'm going to clear my schedule for that one. Well, it was great. Six men, when we did our first night of the podcast, we were in one of the little theaters, and they had bright lights, so I could only see, like, the 12 people in the front row. And my stomach was hurting the whole time. I'm like, man, this is a wrestling and rock cruise. I don't know how we're going to do. And then when we got done doing the podcast and they turned on the the house lights, the place was packed. And six men came up and they were like, I didn't expect that kind of turnout for a paranormal thing. And then when they booked out for our, we did a, a pub crawl. Mm-hmm. And did the UFO summoning in a pub crawl and told ghost stories during the pub crawl, and it was loaded. So this year we've got brand new creepy ghost stories. We're going to have a good time. Well, the cool thing was, Dave, was how many of, of the wrestlers you had uh, during your, your live podcast. Right. Once again, paranormal is one of those things that people don't come out and talk about it, but when it's mentioned, everyone's got a story and everyone's kind of interested in it. And once again, like I saw you at Beer City Breeze, you had Maddie Leon, and you had you know, a bunch of people on stage telling their ghost stories. So that was really cool for uh, the fans to, to see that as well, because you're seeing, and this is another reason why the cruise is so much fun, because you mentioned you're seeing these people out of their elements. Where else are you going right. to see, you know, wrestlers talking about ghost stories, or where are you going to see, you know, uh, Cactus Jack or Nick Foley looking for nachos at 2 a.m. at the uh, <laughs> yeah. cafe or, Whatever it may be, you know, and it's like, oh, man, I was at the casino, I just saw Jim Ross walk in, and it was awesome. Like, that's what people want these days, and you know this from when you do the live shows, Dave. People want the experience. You right. know, um, you can get everything online now. You can get any album on Spotify, any movie on Netflix, whatever. But when you get that personal experience of things that you're not going to get in your everyday life, that's what people are really buying into nowadays. And that's something that we can give you on the cruise. And it's one of the reasons why it worked, again, is Six Man was telling that other cruises, the hosts usually don't mingle. Right. They're not doing as much. I, I made sure to go to every single activity. Some of them I saw the whole thing. Some I saw five minutes. But people saw me out and about and, 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 and uh, participating and being involved. And that made it more exciting, too, because it fronted all the other talent to do it and profit the people to go, you never know who you're going to see. Let's go check out 
you know, the darker, so let's go check out, you know, Phil Campbell and Bastard Sons or whatever it is. And suddenly, oh, there's, you know, Matt Jackson over there and there's Dave Schrader over here. Uh, I think people really enjoyed that. Um, and it added to the overall, like Whitney said, party vibe uh, of, of the experience. Well, it was great. We are, we're out of time, but uh, tell people, how can they hear Talk is Jericho, your podcast, and where can they download it? Yeah, Talk is Jericho is everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's becoming one of the kind of premier podcasts worldwide. It's one of my you know, favorites, you can, yeah. You can, get, you can get it everywhere. And, you know, like I said, we only got 8% of the rooms left. It's less than 100. It's less than 90 at this point. So mm-hmm. it's ChrisJerichoCruise.com if you want to go check it out and see uh, what's available uh, for cabins and see everybody who's on board and um, and check out uh, well, we will, the greatest vacation of your life. We will see you there, and we'll be watching for you on AEW when it launches on TNT in October. Thank you, Chris Jericho. Thank you to everybody. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Chris Jericho on the best of. Coming up next, everyone's favorite hyperneuronic Andy Kindler is on the program. Next on the best of. The price of cigarettes is now only five cents. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Buy low, sell high. I told you that. I don't know if I told you that. Because I've seen you. It seems like I've been on four of your shows in the last 38 hours. You're keeping me at a uh, I think that's in a true. Cabin. You're keeping me in a cabin. I am. It's true. You can't buy, uh, not that I would buy rolling papers, but I have a friend who's very sick and needs medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. And so I volunteered. Nothing to do with me. He's almost dead. Because he doesn't have enough medical marijuana, so I volunteered. They don't sell rolling paper at a convenience store anymore. They don't. No. And I, didn't I said, know that. I said, look, you got cigarettes right there. He goes, we can only sell unflavored cigarettes, which I don't even know what that category means. That means no menthol. But and then they show yeah. me a thing, a whole sheet of paper about uh, they passed a different law. Then I had to go to the liquor store. And then, ironically, because I make jokes about it, I ended up buying it at Sex World. <laughs> you mean downtown Minneapolis? I, this is an absolute true story. I went to the first convenience store. I, ha- I had a banana. I had a soft drink. About a block away from there. I know no, right then, where you were. Right, and then they said, go to so the, the liquor store. And the liquor store said, oh, we don't have it. So I literally, at 8.30 in the morning, walked into Sex World with a banana and a, <laughs> and a, and a soft drink. I was up, I was up the, the world's first, per, you know, it's my first trip to the sex toy shop. <laughs> yeah, we are here. Bring the banana in there. <laughs> but I didn't know, I all these years I've been doing that joke that I love sex world, but because I'm from California, I prefer the original sex land. <laughs> I've been doing that joke. What are the odds, though, that I would end up in that in store? And I didn't well, know true. it was a... I thought it was a people were naked or something. There was a world of sex in there. I didn't, no, are there parts just, they like sell that? things. Huh? Are there parts like that? I don't know. They have like a peep show room. I oh, think. they do yeah. with live performers. Yeah, it's uh, been a long time since I've been in there. I don't want to watch anybody play hide the banana. I don't know. Like, yeah, tied in the banana. hide the no. <laughs> and the, I think the, I don't know if it's worse that I had the banana in my hand and looked around 
and stuck it in my pocket before <laughs> I went in. I really don't know. Have you just had a banana in your pocket? Yes. Yes. Yes, This was literally the first time I had an interesting anecdote happen to me. <laughs> well, it, because I have interesting things happen to me, but th- when I retell them, they don't, they don't uh, work. But this one just, it was like it came from God to, <laughs> to walk into a banana. And also, that early in the morning, going into sex world, it just doesn't look good with or without a banana. <laughs> I, okay, quick story about about sex world you can give me a long story <laughs> two friends of mine are driving down the road and one of them says and i don't want to use their name so i'll just say bill and tim so tim's driving and bill says hey i want to go to sex world he goes i'm not going to sex world he goes i just want to i want to go i've never been in there i want to go to sex world he goes, I'm, I don't want to go to Sex World. He goes, look, just do me a favor. I've never been there. We'll go in. We'll just stay a few minutes. I just want to look around and we'll leave, right? <laughs> and he keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. So Tim finds a parking space. They go into Sex World. There's Apparently, there's a big room in the front where you, where you come in. There's a big entry yeah, area. Yeah, there's a big entry area with various. Like machines or something. Well, I, I, was, I was so trying not to focus on anything. But it, <laughs> well, there you go. but it does seem like there's a whole bunch of stuff there. So they walk in. Uh, the door closes behind Bill, and he lets this huge fart and runs oh. out the door. Oh. So basically, oh he was trying to tee up his body, and it worked like a charm. And, they, and by the way, these guys were about 40. So they right. were not like teenage boys having fun. No. No, there was very little maturity going on here. <laughs> I've never, no, I've never been in sex. I don't, I don't think I've ever been in a, uh, what do they call it, sex shops? Well, I don't know what they call, I didn't know, I think it's called a sex shop because I is. have been trying to get this joke to work and it won't work and the joke is, well, that's how it doesn't work. I think my execution's poor. But uh, <laughs> the joke is, because uh, it's a choice. I was in a sex shop a couple of weeks, months ago and it's. No, it's not like I was buying a sex toy. It was really humiliating. I was doing a stand-up show, which is true. <laughs> stand-up show. And, uh, you know, it's bad enough in the comedy club. That's what I've always said. But uh, So, you know, nobody who's browsing edible underwear wants to hear your show. Right. But the only thing I lie about that is that people do enjoy the show in the sex shop. They do? Yeah, it's called the Pleasure Chest. And they have the chairs. Pleasure Chest, They have the chairs set up. Sure. And it is a- absolutely works, which just shows either that... Uh, Stand up is not the the high art form I thought it was, okay. <laughs> or, or uh, it's a very definitely a low art form that can go anywhere. You put it in a bowling alley. I, the, my choice true. is the same. That's true. <laughs> Either sex, way, you're yeah. Sex no shop, bowling alley, wherever. Yeah, I did like your your. Did you talk to Brandon about this? He wants all the chairs in, in at Acme taken except for thirteen of them, so then he can tell everybody he sold it out. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, that's what I'm, yes, what I'm doing is, like what I do at the Improv, you could do it here at this club, uh, Acme, is uh, in the Improv, they put cur- they have curtains. So, like, when there's a small crowd, people think, oh, I'm in a very small club all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow, this is packed. So, what I'm thinking about doing is just bringing my own curtains, and then people <laughs> think it's a 13, you know, seat room. I like And it. sold out, adding shows every minute. Because we're sold out of the next 13-seat show. I think that's f- <laughs> the next 13-seat show. I'm sorry, sir, you have a date. We only have 13 seats, and, and 12 of them are taken. So. I don't know why. It, it doesn't really matter to me. Uh, it doesn't matter that Kevin Hart is a multimillionaire. Sure. I mean, these sure. things, I'm not someone who's subjected to envy. 
I did. I haven't been doing high fiving. Shot. I haven't had a shot in Freud a party every day since Louis C.K.'s career <laughs> crumbled. And that's not me. I don't. Re- I don't revel in that. Shot in Freud is a great. Is the greatest word. Shot in Freud. For, yeah, yeah uh, the idea that you 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 uh, celebrate other people's misfortunes. Mm-hmm. I think I think, I'm not a serial killer. I'm not some <laughs> kind of a monster. I hope not, because I'm sitting right next to you. I know, but I have been. I am obsessed with true crime things now. But everybody is. Yeah. Everybody's. This, I'm the last person to get. I was like the last person to get into it <laughs> because you're uh, big into it. Yeah, because of OC because of the OCD. Uh, and if anybody needs an OCD tip. Uh, podcasts are perfect because let's say I'm shopping, I have a podcast, I can focus on that instead of worrying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. It sucks up the part of your mind that's compulsive. That's good. And it really, really works. But then I've gotten so far in because there's a guy, I got into this guy, Case File, True Crime, and he's like uh, from Australia, and he just like reads like an hour and a half recounting of all these killings. So and it's there is unbelievable, but I, I'm getting oversaturated. Wait a minute, a second. So he reads about the crime? No, he, I think he he doesn't. No, no. I said I think he he thoroughly researches, and he has writers, and he ends up writing a uh, you know a vid, uh, audio. I can't talk. A vocal. He vocalizes it, but it's written. He's reading what he's written. Really? Right? Yeah, and it's compelling. Because he just tells it, and he has all the facts, and then he does these uh, commercials. So I'm working on uh, Josh Elvis Weinstein does does his a great impression of. So here's uh, me working on that impression because he does commercials, and he says, "They he they 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 look like dress pants. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they they look like dress pants, but they aren't. <laughs> they're yoga pants." <laughs> so I, I'm I'm fascinated with with all the podcasts sell. I mean, we have a podcast, but we don't sell anything. You don't? No, it's called uh, Thought Spiral. It's just me and Josh Elvis Weinstein talking. You guys are the best, both. Mm-hmm. I don't see him enough either. I know. Both of you. I don't know why can't we? Why am I? Don't I move here and uh, make Good even idea. less opportunities for myself than <laughs> yeah, I currently sure, have? Sure, sure. Although Hollywood, Legends, I told you, they love me now as I'm aging. Oh my God! Well, that's, that's a good a very thing. exciting to them. Can you make it older? They always say to me when I pitch something. Can you pitch it for older people? I'm being sarcastic. If anybody <laughs> is wondering, <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying age is not good in Hollywood. But let me ask you a question about that. Yeah, don't you think that they should wise up as far as television is concerned and realize that no young people watch television? Right. So why don't they aim all their programming at older people anyway? Well, here's the thing. It's all about a fear of death. I've been informed I'm going to die. So it's like, that's separate. I want to be able to go out in my 80s, and I want to be able to play murder, the, you know, the guest villain on the remake of Murder, She Wrote. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And am I, is it, have I wandered into a tragedy studio of some kind? I where's my usual? I, I don't feel any anything here <laughs> except for me. Yeah, yes, you, you. But what, these other people. This is what the problem is with the kids today. Yeah, we're playing <laughs> this guy. Yeah, like someone's playing Parcheesi over here. Uh, someone's trying to download Candy Crush, the uh, premium edition. Premium. Candy, and they're all on their phones. Oh, I'm no, I'm phone editing. Too. I am listening, but I am editing. I'm not even listening to what I'm saying. I'm watching Wimbledon on my phone. <laughs> That's true. That's a hell of a position to be in to complain. You're watching Wimbledon. What'd you say? I just missed that last thing. <laughs> just hold on. Hold on. I'm going to try what? and get this back. Isn't uh, that Boris Becker thing sad? 
No. I don't so know. you see it? No, what happened? You know Boris Becker. I do. I used to make jokes about him. I hope he's alive. No, he's still alive, but apparently he is so broke that he had to sell all his trophies. In the no, you're not billion. being. You're talking about Beyond Borg. But he said Boris Becker in the paper. <gasps> it's, I love the way. It's on does Newsers. anybody have any reference? Does anyone have reference? First of all, I love when you have five people around you and no one's no one's leaping to look it up. You know what I'm saying? No. If I was right on your now. team, I don't know what it pays, but put I me know. on your team. And I'll be in here. Yes, yes, yes. Let me see that one. <laughs> Boris Becker. Beyond Borg had to sell all this stuff, but I guess yeah, could be. it's Boris Becker, seven hundred thousand pounds. Wow. Well, I thought he's always doing commentary and he's always yeah, working. I, don't know if I thought he's dying or what? Oh. I don't know why you would sell seven hundred thousand pounds of memorabilia unless apparently he's deeply in debt. Oh yeah, he was. He went bankrupt. Somehow, this is why I've never made a lot of money or success been successful. You know what I'm saying? I don't need the, the trap, the pressure. <laughs> if Boris Becker, one of the greatest tennis players of all time, if he's having problems, why should I try? This is what I'm saying. Jesus, 150,000 pounds for a replica of the trophy he won in 1989. <gasps> That's correct. Not even the real trophy. Mm. That's ridiculous. I could make a replica of that trophy. Well, for a lot less than a bucket of half. <laughs> it's just interesting that you say that because it was years ago that Bjorn Borg tried yeah. to sell his stuff yeah, and did. McEnroe bought his stuff back hmm. for, oh, for him. Yeah, that. and other people got funds together. Because Borg walked away from the sport like at, I think, 26 years old. Yeah. And we'll be back with more Jewish people trying to recall <laughs> facts about tennis. People, look, people, I look over there. Everyone looks over there. <laughs> I look at you. I just stare at you. Me and you are mishpacha. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is like the least Jewish the room mishpacha. except for us two. That's very true. Right here. It's absolutely right. I'm schwitzing from all the rejection. <laughs> you looked over there and I thought, does Andy know the clock? No, I do know it's a clock. It did take me about 20, 30 minutes to figure no, out. No, no, no. Not that you know that it's a clock. That you know that it's it, 15 minutes. Every 15 minutes. No, I know it was changing, but I thought it was one of the, you know, they had the debt, debt clock, which I used to love. Oh, I don't like the debt clock. I, that used to, and then the other one that was really cheery was the cigarette people dying clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, so I, oh, if, you, if, you, if you're in a traffic jam and you had to stay at the light twice, boom, 80 people died. The true story, <laughs> uh, we were just in, Catherine and I were just over in Europe, Western Europe. Uh, Did you get any chocolate over there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've heard the chocolate grade. is very good. Though. Oh, it's really, yeah. really quite tasty. Well, hope you There's brought some back. We got lucky Thank goodness, because it's going to be, you've heard about the big shortage of the Swiss chocolate. <laughs> this is a true story. So they have cigarette machines in Germany still. There are cigarette machines everywhere. That's pretty, huh. pretty. I don't want to say cool, but it's something. I have not <laughs> seen a cigarette machine in years. There's one big difference between the, the German cigarette machines and what I remember as cigarette machines when I was a kid. Now, on the machine, there are pictures of people whose faces have oh, rotted yeah. off from smoking. Oh, man. They're in a wheelchair, and they're like, <laughs> Right. And and they there's a big banner smoking kills. Like, yeah, why and, would you buy that? Right. <laughs> Great yeah, but you know the thing yeah. is, I guess we can say that our optimistic view of what happened with cigarettes was uh, maybe we didn't think a little bit. Because it looked so great in the old movies. Oh, in the old you know, movies. Oh, it my was God. healthy. The doctors were all saying. They, they, they did say have it if you want to relax. And Humphrey yep. Bogart. And, yep. And somehow but, the idea of inhaling massive clouds of 
you know, burning paper and tobacco. Just, <laughs> yeah. That never occurred to them that it might be bad for your lungs. I don't know. If, I think for hundreds of years, they never thought about it, right? People have been smoking right, yeah. for like that. You know, I know I would have been smoking, you know, as a, when I was a caveman. What are you going to do? <laughs> Plus, they only lived to be like 27. Exactly. What do you, what do you, yeah. you know, relax. Yeah. You're going to die from a saber-toothed tiger attack anyway, so lung cancers, you don't have to worry about True. that. True. In fact, the reason why I am so screwed up uh, with the OCD is because that goes all the way back to the caveman days. It's fight, flight, or freeze. And so when you have OCD, that's all you do all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're talking about me now. You have OCD too? Uh, I, I would, no, you, think? you don't. No, I don't. What do I have? I have something. A lot of stuff. You have a lot of uh, zets? <laughs> he goes, uh, you have a lot of stuff. My own you stuff. Know, I, I, you know, this relationship right here is my, I love it. I love it. There's, there's, there's a, there's, a, it's just like he, 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 he keeps you in your place in a certain way, right? <laughs> That's my son, so son to father. Not yes. often, not often. Okay, well, I predicted that, but secretly, <laughs> secretly, when he's not around, you're seething, right? <laughs> exactly. Best of the Tom Bernard podcast. Andy Kindler on the best of. Coming up next, closing out the show. We're opening up the vault all the way back to Bo Caprol. Remember Bo Caprol, episode 233. He's done a lot of stuff. You'll find out some of it next on the best of. How often do you do the show? Every day. Oh, do you? We do it every day. It's exactly right. Not Fridays and Saturdays. Well, not Fridays and Saturdays. But Sundays? Sundays. Five days a week. You come in here to the studio? Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Which was interesting. I talked to Bo this morning on the KQ Morning Show. (laughs) So you're at home and everybody else is in the studio. Yes, that's right. Right. Nice to bring you. I think it's great that you're in here every day. Yeah, I come in every day to do this. Right. It's good for you to get out. <laughs> Into a tiny yeah, little room so and stop no hoarding. We uh, we uh, we should start with the project that okay. you're working on, and then we got to get to several t- TV shows you're doing, and we have a lot to talk about. I'm here. And we're reminiscing, right? And I actually told Bo this morning that, that being on the podcast, I could tell him to go fuck himself. We <laughs> <laughs> get to mention names, right? <laughs> we get to mention names. Right? I don't know if you can mention names or not because it's still Gadby emailed me. Oh, did he? Right after the uh, show this morning, and he said, remind Tom about what the cab driver said in New York to him. Oh, the uh, the one where I said his name, they said the cab driver's name? And he said, Is that the one? never be an announcer. Oh, that guy. Yeah, no, he, he, so what do you do for a living? No, he didn't ask me what I do for a living. He was real, I don't know, we are talking about this, that, and the other thing. And he literally said, I got some friends in a voiceover business and radio. So you could never do that. You have a terrible voice. <laughs> a cab driver. <laughs> you, could, you have a terrible voice. Well, they are told experts. me you were driving the cab. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> I thought you were talking about my, my initial cab ride in New York. I flew out there when I signed with Don Buckwell to do voiceover. And I'm in the back of a taxi. And they have the medallion up front. It shows the name of the driver and all that stuff, obviously. So, I don't know, to use an old Don Rickles name. I, I, the guy's name was like Vito Barbanano, <laughs> you know, something like that. And he goes, where are you going? I said, I'm going downtown, Vito. There's this long pause, and he doesn't look at me. He just says, 
Familiarity breeds contempt. <laughs> Familiarity. <laughs> well, it does. That's what is it. that, shape scare? Yeah. It's, uh, Isn't it familiarity breeds content? Content, yes. You feel much better yeah. after familiarity. Yeah. But, you know. So, you're working on a project. To, uh, and What's the website again? Sitcomcontest.com. Sitcomcontest.com. Right. And I should mention that, that Bo uh, has been a head writer on many different shows, a producer, a director, longtime voiceover guy, an actor. You've done it all. <laughs> yeah, and now I'm not doing anything. No, no it's I'm, not. I'm, I'm teasing. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm teasing. hopefully I'm teasing. Yeah. But, so explain what sitcom. Uh, it's an opportunity uh, for people who want to try their hands at writing a sitcom uh, to sit down, write it, uh, submit it. We're having a contest for we're gonna just this is just for the upper uh, Midwest five state area, uh-huh. <laughs> excuse me, which is unusual. There are writing contests. Most of yeah, them are in yeah. L.A. and New York. Nobody's focused on the upper Midwest, so that's what we did. Whose idea was this? Actually, it was Scott Hansen's. Scott Hansen, yeah. really? Yeah, and we did a lot of research and uh, put together a great group of people, judges, and uh, I managed to get. Uh, some friends who are pretty successful and high up in uh, television. Absolutely. Yeah, including my daughter, basically. Yeah. I want to know. Let's start there. Yeah. Mandy. Mandy. You remember Mandy. The last I time remember her as like a little, tiny Do child. Yes. Right. I have a picture of her. I keep her small. <laughs> yeah. You know, she, yeah. So she is uh, the re- vice president of current programming at 20th Century Fox. Well. Not, not a bad. So Vice, means, yeah, not a bad job. Yeah, she oversees Modern Family, uh, How I Met Your Mother. Oh, can she get us some guests? She can. You know what she can do? Ooh. She can get you into the commissary. Oh well, oh, we well much. not so much that. Yeah, I mean, she might be able to get you guests, but they they wouldn't have to fly in. I no, they can no. call. They can Money Skype. talks. You know what? Familiarity. So I have to pay her, pay her off. Is what you're saying? <laughs> How much does she want? Me off. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll pay Bo off. I can ask her if certainly she just uh, went back to work yesterday. She just had a baby. She did. Oh my, my first God. Uh, grandchild. First grandchild. The yeah. name. Uh, Tom Bernard Summers. <laughs> Tom Bernard <laughs> Summers. That's good name. Tom Bradley Summers. Joel Summers. Bradley Joel. Yeah. Sounds very Jewish. Yeah. Well, it isn't. Trust me. <laughs> Trust Bradley me. Joe, yeah. Bradley Joel. Joel. Yeah, well, no. Joel, that's, that's, that's And what does Mandy Summers sound like to you? Well, Mandy Summers, that's true. It's a, you know, strip. Hmm. No, he said that's it out she loud. Said. That's what she said. You can say stripper, can't you, on podcasts? You can say you can whatever probably say you it in want. church you can say these days. Right. I mean, it's a modern world. Did you notice when I introduced you this morning what name I used? No. Oh, you didn't hear that part? You might, you might not have been on yet. What'd you say? I introduced you as some dumb goy. Oh yeah, well, I she, heard that. But well, you remember some dumb yeah, goy? Sure, that's some dumb goy. <laughs> I did hear that. You well, remember a lot more than I do, and I know. You know. I don't know what that is. You don't know what some dumb goy is? I remember why I don't remember as much as you do. You have a no. You, you remember all these little incidents? I do remember a lot of different little things. Yeah. That's true. That, that's very very true. But uh, you know, how is some dumb goy? He's good. I'm glad to hear <laughs> Eddie. That. Eddie. Eddie has yes, got Eddie. a great gig. Uh, no, what's Eddie doing? He is running, general managing Aqua Nightclub and the Fine Line. Oh, he is? For the guys who own it. He hmm. just got the job about a month is ago. Is that still Dario? No. Well, it's not Dario anymore. No, it's Steve and Mike. Uh, I don't know their last name. but And we're all wondering who you're talking about. My son, Eddie. Ah, son. Oh, it's son, Eddie. Yeah. When did you have a son? Um, 
You don't remember some dumb guy. <laughs> you know, I, I remember the daughter. I, That's yeah, all I remember. Well, I had a son. Oh, we okay. adopted Eddie. Yeah. Okay. When he was three months old. From He's a Korean Jew. He's a Korean Jew, yeah. yes. You know what we did for his bar mitzvah? No. Takeout. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It was Korean barbecue. Bing. You know. But, but anyway, yeah. He, so Eddie's great. He's 28. 20, he's 28. Living with me right now. But How old is Mandy? 33. Oh, my God. 33. I don't Believe like that? to hear these we numbers. We were 33. Yeah, you guys look great. Yeah, I don't like we these were. numbers at all. <laughs> we were 33. <laughs> and now I'm 47. So and now you're 47. Yeah. It was a great run. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he goes lie. Okay, it is so now, so Catherine's anyway, already worked on Mandy getting yeah. gas for the because well, she, she's the first thing Catherine said to me when I walked in, it was something about another Jew in the booth or something. <laughs> she said, "What was it?" She said <laughs> yeah. something like oh, that. Said, He's here, and I'm already saying "oi." That's what she said. That's what she said. Yeah. And then I said, "I met Tony. Tony, oh, are your kids as anti-Semitic as you and Catherine?" Well, it's probably much more. <laughs> yes, we so. are. <laughs> That's why we keep Tony away. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. he can't be in the room. Where's Tony? He's at uh, KSDP Television. Hi, Tony. Special confinement. How you doing, Bo? Last time I saw you was at the auto show. Right, that's right. Was I working a a booth? (laughs) You're a dancer. You're on a car. And the new Pontiac Sunbeam. (laughs) (laughs) You're a beautiful presenter model. Bo was flying on the hood. We We were... Reminiscing, and I wanted Excuse that's me. that's why I was so very excited to have you come in because we were talking about one of the great decades and two decades, however long it was, when voiceover was what Minneapolis used to be one of the centers in the country, absolutely, of voiceover. Some of the greatest talent in voiceover okay. is it was in Minnesota, it still is actually, but no, no nobody uses <laughs> the only them. people that know that are the people at the home. Yeah, that's very, very true. You got a great voice. Yeah. What? What? But, uh, yeah, it was. And Bob Schultz. Bob, Bob Schultz. Schultz was my mentor. Bob Schultz was a great engineer in the Fauché uh, Tower, which voice, is now the voice W. Works, Fauché. Yeah. Voice Works. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. And uh, we used to get together. And when you think of that cast of, cast of characters, and we had talked about Dave Moore this morning. Jeff Cadbois' name came up, of course. I mean, you go down the list of all. Phyllis Wright. I mean, some great people. Mark. Sue Fuller. Sue Fuller, yeah. Sue Fuller. Just a lot of great people, a lot of fun. But I I talk about it on the air once in a while, and it's true, that uh, toward the very very end of I just didn't want to do it anymore because you would, uh, Tom, they want, uh, so-and-so wants you to audition. So I said, okay, we'll do the audition. You um, never said, okay, we'll do the audition. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Sounds you great. Audition, I'm very excited about it. Audition, go yeah. fuck audition. Who the fuck? Don't they know who this is? <laughs> but, but, but honest to God, it was like, okay, it's between you, Paul Newman, and Morgan Freeman. Oh, yeah, well, I got a great shot then. That's going to be just fabulous. But that's how it... That's between me, it was between me and Jeff Gadbois and Randy Cottingham. Talk but, about names that you were throwing around. I was throwing them around today. But you were you were the big man. Uh, God, we, all, we we were. Uh, I don't want to reminisce. Too. Catherine Barron got bored and left. Yeah. I, I think she that had a coughing fit. Because yeah. I well, confirmed that I was Jewish. Yes, she, she ran out of the room. She ran out of the room. But we're telling, <laughs> telling some fantastic stuff and just remembering those days. Uh, How long have you and Catherine been married? 29 years on Sunday. Wow. 
last Congratulations. 29 years. Andy's you 26. Alex is 24. It's unbelievable. Really? Unbelievable. It is. I remember your wedding. One vivid uh, event from your wedding, The o- mm-hmm. really, the only thing I remember is Craig Schumacher not wearing any shoes. Yes, he didn't wear any <laughs> shoes in the church. Why would you? Uh, he was playing guitar. Yeah. He played the wedding march on his guitar, and in the middle of the wedding march, he broke into the Twins theme song. Mom loved that. Let she me tell you it. that. She loved that an awful <laughs> lot. Did you know he was going to do that? Uh, yes, I asked him to do that. That's great. And Catherine now, course, was never a big fan of your friends. Catherine hates everyone you talk to. Catherine hates everyone you talk to. Well, I do remember this, but I do have to remind you of one thing. The first time we ever went out to dinner, it was uh, you and Patty and Catherine and me. Uh, was it? There were one. There was one more couple there. Where, where did we go? We went to Mai Tai, which is now. Oh, sure. What's it? Mai what's Mai Tai now? It's Maynard's. 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 Oh, wow. So we sit in there, and Catherine has just met Bo Capral. I said, honey, he's, you know, he's a great writer. He was a you know, head writer and an actor on Laverne and Shirley. He's writing this. And he did the voiceover. And he said, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you'll really like him. He's a very funny guy, very entertaining. <laughs> so we sit down. <laughs> And Bo turns around in a very loud voice goes, Where's the drink, bitch? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Yes, you it did. It was the other person who was with us. It's probably Miller. Um, I didn't even drink in those days. Captain liked it, right? Uh, she was a, remember when Bo yelled out, Where's the drink, bitch, at my tie? Yeah. I was kidding. <laughs> she does remember it. I, do. I was kidding, and I'm not that same person anymore. <laughs> Seriously. So oh. sit down, bitch, and shut up. I'm yes, not there you that. go. Not- Who was the other couple? It was Bo and Patty, you and me, and there was another couple there. Zelenovich? It's the Venturos. Oh, oh, I bet it was. Wow, I bet it was Zelenovich was there. Not really, but I just know she's wow. the worst memory ever. Zelenovich, <laughs> uh, people might remember, he was, he was a KQ I for a long CRS. time. He was a KSTP. Who? Mark Zelenovich. What was he doing at KQ? He did the morning show before I, uh, well, two guys before I did. Seriously? Yeah. I did very well, actually. He was very good. But every time you saw you saw Mark Zelenovich and anybody was kicking ass, let's say some guy got a, a new... <laughs> oh, did you hear about... Uh... Did, right, right. Did you hear about so-and-so got a sitcom? And here I am wearing a cardboard belt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I meant to, I wanted to tell you this morning we were on, on your show. Do you remember Gadbois? You had Gadbois and I come in when you first got the show. Yes. We were trying to figure out what would, you know, who would the people be. Right. We had no idea what we were doing. We had, I mean, it was horrible. I was, we were horrible. I thought it was wonderful. No, no, we were horrible. But, you know, <laughs> what a shot we blew there. Well, I, mean, I thought geez. you guys were, I, I thought you guys were hilarious. Yeah, because I, the, the whole deal was I didn't want radio people on the show. Yeah. They kept saying, well, we want to do radio. I said, I don't want radio people on the show. I want to do it with actors and writers and voiceover people. And Jews. And a lot of Jews, yeah. Gelfand and Tony. <laughs> yeah. You know, ended up uh, being because Tony, you weren't a radio guy. You were an actor and an improv guy. Off the street, off the street. That's exactly what I was saying. But I'm but, looking at your nephew when you said Tony, because can you at least move your mouth when Tony <laughs> talks? Yeah, I will, I will. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Make sure you gesture with your hands a lot. It's like bizarre. It's, it's, it's like now I know why Michael Bodine works here. The spirits, the spirits, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Andy, you could probably you got to have a ton a ton of stuff on YouTube, don't you? 
Me? Old voiceover stuff? You know what I've got a lot on YouTube right now? Seriously, is um, a lot of the shows that I'm developing, the reality shows. I want to hear about this. Do you? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. What, what's the prize for the sitcom oh, contest? Well, thanks for bringing back Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tony, the prize is uh, the first three top finalists are going to have a table read of their script, which we're going to videotape which nobody is offered in any of these competitions. So the writers will have a record of, uh, you know, their script being read uh, and a videotape of it. And then the, the prize is $1,000. But the, the big prize is having their script read by a couple big uh, legitimate television executives with no guarantees attached. Well, no, no, there are no guarantees. Right, uh, yeah, right. but it's an exposure thing, I guess. And, nice. uh, yeah. Well, and then we should mention there are people like Fred Willard as a judge, K.P. Anderson, who's a tremendous Jeff talent. Cesario. Jeff Cesario. Jeff Cesario. Louis Anderson. Is it necessary, and I've asked Jeff Cesario this many times, is it necessary for him to work for whomever I can't stand? Is that a... Oh. Yeah. What is that? You know, i got to tell you something. He, when I was in New York, I moved to New York right, ab- right. Uh, about five, uh, about right after 9-11, actually. The sa- oh, Ooh, God, ten, so almost timing. October 1st. 12 years ago now. And um, it, it was a tough time. I was there for about five years. The last thing I did was I created a special for Comedy Central. It, it was their 13th year on the air, so we created the Comedy Central Bar Mitzvah special. Right. <laughs> we Bar Mitzvahed the network. See, this and is it, why. It turned out to be horrible. It was, for us, they didn't, they it got away from it totally, but Jeff, they brought Jeff in to produce it, and they wouldn't let us write it. They brought in Cesario, Cesario to it? yeah, I don't know. The guy who was running Comedy Central didn't think we were funny. It was our idea. So, <laughs> well, wait a minute. Yeah. Weren't you like the head writer on Kentucky Fried Movie? And oh. I, I was at Kentucky Fried Theater, yeah. Kentucky Fried Theater, yeah. So I mean, how are you not? No, I'm just telling you what Comedy Central said, and oh I think God. a lot of it had to do that I was in my 50s, truthfully. Really? Yeah, and they brought Cesario in to... to well, isn't he in his fifties too? I don't know. Maybe now he is. I know I'm older than he is, but that's my last dealings with him. One of the greatest things about Cesario is this is several years ago now. He goes, Tommy, I, I, writing this movie, uh, it's going to be a great movie, and, and Michael Keaton's going to star in it. It's a Christmas movie, and at the very beginning of the movie, there's a disc jockey talking, and you know, I'd like to maybe do, have you do a reading for it, and you know. Maybe be the, the, the disc jockey in the movie. I said, oh, that'd be interesting. No, you really said, I don't audition. <laughs> yeah, I really said, fuck you. I'm not going to audition for anybody. <laughs> but I never heard from him on it. And then I went to see the movie. It was called Jack Frost. The movie opens. There's a disc jockey. The disc jockey's Jeff Cesario. Oh, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you say it's Randy. Yeah, it's Randy. Randy. Is that better than the ponytailed man that plays you in Jingle All the Way? That was Martin Mull. Yes. yes. Now, that's an interesting story. Do you know, I, I was, uh, when I moved back here from uh, Los Angeles mm-hmm. in, in the early 80s, mid-80s. When I, was that? Was 80? 85, about. No, it was before that because you were at our wedding and that was in 84. So, 83. 83, yeah. yeah. And uh, I had become friends with Bob Robert Conrad. Remember him? Sure, absolutely. Wow, wow, West knocked the battery yeah. off. And this guy was great because if he liked you, he kept using you. And every mm-hmm. movie he did, I would be in it. I'd right. play his partner in one or maybe I'd just right. have two scenes in another. Anyway, there's this big news that they're shooting Jingle all the way here in town. Right, right, right? yeah. And... Schwarzenegger and Conrad are in it, and I go to see him, and he says, "Why? 
you could have been in this room. We had 10 roles in this movie for you. Why didn't you have your agents call? Right. You know, and I said, well, because I'm with more creative. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's your answer. Well, why. there you go. <laughs> but uh, I could have been in that, too, and I didn't. You should have been. I sh- I'd like to. Well, just for residual uh, sake right now, probably. Yeah, you know. Because well, I'm tired. I don't know about you. I get these uh, residual checks. Honest to God, 58 cents. 58 cents. Yeah, we get a lot of those 58 cents. Run to the mailbox. I do those. get them. I do get the 58 cents. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So Remember Robert Conrad years ago, there was some kind of stars competition, and he got beaten a foot race by Gabe Kaplan. By Gabe Kaplan. <laughs> I don't remember that. It was, uh, I'd love to see that. It was Superstar, the Superstar competition. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah, ABC Superstar that. competition. Yeah, Gabe Kaplan oh. beat him in a foot race. Humiliated him. <laughs> but Gabe Kaplan was a hell of a poker hell player. Of a poker player. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot to do with running, I guess. But, uh, yeah. So, But anyway, what were we talking about before? Talking Jingle about Horshack dying. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, he did, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, just so jingle all the way. They they, they said they love the KQRS logo, so they used KQRS as a radio station. And Martin Mulpain played the morning guy. And so somebody gave to Andy and Alex whatever and said, you know, there's a guy who plays your dad in the movie. And you're going to love it. So they show up, and here's a guy with a ponytail acting like a total douchebag. They're like... It's not our dad, really. Yeah. Just a morning guy. It's, it's someone else. Whatever happened to Martin Mull? You don't see him anymore. No, and he and Fred would. Uh, he and um, who is he always working with? Fred. Wasn't yeah, Fred he? Willard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, you, you know, and Fred's still very active in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't yes. mean on stage. You know yeah. what? I called him after that uh, and yeah, I said, yeah. "Hey, it's yesterday's news." What theater was it? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did call him. Yeah. He's a great guy. Oh, he's a great he's done guy. done a bunch of shows. I, I love him on Modern Family. Yeah. He's, he plays uh, Phil's dad. Yeah. It's just incredible. Yeah. But yeah, I, as far as the judges on... Uh, on the uh, con- uh, contest? On the contest. Yeah. Fred Willard, K.P. Anderson, who who is uh, the executive producer of The Soup, Joe McHale, uh, God, they were all Joel Madison, Louis, Louis Anderson. Louis Anderson's one of the judges. All everybody. As it's you a said, great Justice opportunity. Arian. Honestly, it's a great opportunity for somebody who wants to try their chops at writing. And then we also are conducting a half day seminar live to just talk about the, the way to write it, answer any questions about you know what do I do once I write it, the whole thing. So I need your help on on a TV show that just started. It's not a sitcom. Yeah. It's a drama. But I'm having a real tough time picturing Liev Schreiber as a tough guy. Oh, uh, the, the Showtime thing? <laughs> Ray, Ray Donovan. It's pretty heavy hand. I think the best thing on the show is Voight. Oh, dad. there's no question about John Voight's yeah. I like Liev Schreiber, but as a tough guy, an Why? Irish Catholic tough guy? Is he like, uh, you know? Well, he's just hey. kind of, yeah, no personality. He doesn't open his mouth any further yeah. than this one every time. No, he's got no emotion. He's None. A, he's a painting. Yeah. <laughs> he is a painting. He is. He is. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there have been... Like, it's the it's only not... show time series that had numbers went up in the second viewing. Honestly, right, I just right. read it today. That's exactly right. So the show's doing very well. And it, I, I think the writing's interesting. I just have to get past Leah Schreiber not being a tough guy. You think the writing's good. That they got a guy who's a movie producer who, you know, you know it's just, know. I think it's so typical. I, I don't know. I don't know it's going to make it. Well, you know, I don't know if you ever knew this, but this is true. My uncle was the ultimate Hollywood fixer. His name was Sidney Korshak. Was it? Sidney Korshak. Sidney Korshak. Okay. If you look him up, he's infamous. He was the mob guy in, in L.A. So 
whenever actors would screw up. He was the mob guy. He was uh, a very, very famous guy. Uh, if you want to Google him, Andy, since you're done looking at that other thing. This guy was uh, big time connected. And, uh, you know, I think there's part of uh, the Elliot Gould character. I think that's who he's oh, supposed yeah. to be. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. And I love Elliot Gould, by the way. He's Jewish, Catherine. Good for him. Okay. Liev Schreiber. Thanks Liev for clearing Schreiber. that up. Schreiber's not Jewish, I was wondering. Oh, I'm pretty sure he is. And Andy Liev Schreiber, will you look and see if he's Jewish? Okay. And a Schreiber it's means what, writer in German? Liev, though. He's, I think no, he's... Pretty, he pronounces it Liev now. Oh, does he? Yes. Liev. It used to be Liev Schreiber, but now no. it's Liev. You wanted to know if he was Jewish? Yes. Well, let's see here. <laughs> do, you, do you edit this podcast? No. No, no this no, is live. live. Not well, anymore. Live. Yeah, we're live right What now. do you do with downtime, dead time? It's a snappy, snappy comeback. Oh, here's his way. profile on Jew or not Jew. <laughs> <laughs> what does it say? <laughs> we got to play that. We have a game show. Yeah, every we week. The Eddie verdict Marshall. is Jew. Really? The verdict. The verdict yep. is Jew. Yeah. <laughs> really? I knew he was no, talented. I, and I knew I liked yeah. that show better than I thought I did. There See? you go. See? That's but another is he really, reason. really Jewy or just a little Jewy? Uh, his Jew it's kind score of is when a 11. Gentile says Jew. <laughs> out of what? His Jew score is an 11 out of what? Uh, 15. But that's <laughs> backwards. <laughs> it's in Hebrew. A one, a one is the best. <laughs> it's in Hebrew. So. That's funny. That's um, the big, remember Jew, not a Jew on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, of course. Uh-huh. Penny Marshall. Sure. Because everybody thought she was a yeah, Jew. And she was basically the Jewiest guy we know. Uh, of all time. Of all time. Her Absolutely. and her brother. But if could you look up Sidney Korshak just to... Oh, I got him mind? on Wikipedia right here. And what, what does it say about him? Does it... He was a labor lawyer and fixer for businessmen in the upper echelons of power and the Chicago outfit in the United States. Ooh. This guy, so I think Gould is, I would, I, I'm hoping. So he's your uncle. He's my uncle, and I and I, I thought in retrospect when I went out to L.A., I should have, honestly, should I have changed my name to Bo Korshak? Korshak. Sounds yeah. good, and it probably would have opened a lot more doors. Well, I mean, you did pretty damn well, I, I did would say. as a capital. As a capital, yes. As a capital, you did rather. I did, but you know that might have been a turning point for me. But I, I, I never talked about that. Sidney Korshak. Yeah. So huge. Dead now. Uh, dead now. Okay. And and was was best friends with uh, who's who starred in the kids stays in the picture, ran Paramount. Oh God, oh, Rob, Robert uh, Altman. No, 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 no. Not Robert Alt. Damn it. He was married to... uh, Robert Evans. Robert Robert Evans. Evans. There you go, Robert Evans. Robert Evans' best friend and mentioned throughout the movie and his book as his main... Oh, is that right? Yeah. But that's a little background. Did he die under mysterious circumstances? Uh, No, I don't think he did. I don't think he did. Catherine was in the area. (laughs) <laughs> what? Probably not all the Jews. Stop it! Don't start this shit up. God. Last scene with yes, last scene Dad with Catherine Brandt. That's exactly right. One little oi comment and Let me look what this, happens. I, so sensitive, you, you people. Fabulous. You look fabulous. You look, you look incredible, Catherine. You look amazing. Thanks. Honest to God, you get better with age. You really do. Oh, so. Do you no, have only 30 years ago. Do you have any girlfriends? <laughs> yeah. Do you have any girlfriends? Do you Who like Jews? <laughs> so we've got so you're not, apparently you're not we married. Got, we I'm not. I'm yes, not. we do. Patty and I are still friends, but we're Okay. We go to Andy. We have yeah, a caller. Yeah, it's been a long time, though. Yeah. Swing. Who's our caller? Is it a crazy Hello? Thing? You're on. Hi, Tom. 
Hi. I'm Mark here. Mark who? Salinovich. Say, I have a story, a uh, production, and uh, Bo was producing, and it was a corporate piece. It didn't go so well. Uh, we were shooting with a uh, choir at Augsburg, and it was quite elaborate setup. We had the whole choir on uh, risers and an uh, opera singer uh, standing in front of the camera on a dolly. And when the camera swung around, uh, the, the singer was projected in front of the, the choir. Right. And we did numerous takes. And at one point, this guy in the back row popped up again. And Bo realized that he'd left and went to the restroom, I guess. Right. So meaning all those takes were, uh, when he was gone, was worthless. And Bo yelled at this kid, and all these all the choir members were just shaking in fear. And he was screaming and raising his arms, and he yelled so hard, I think he, he threw out his back. <laughs> <laughs> he had to lay down on the floor. Oh my God. I don't remember this. I swear. <laughs> I wish I could. Was this he at the Lake Harriet? Was this at the Lake Harriet Banshaw? No, we were shooting inside the choir room at Augsburg. I don't. I don't remember. Are you sure it was me? Because I've never shot at Augsburg. Sounds back in your yep. mean Jew days. That was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but wait a minute. Isn't that an oxymoron? <laughs> but, uh, the working crew in Minneapolis I have the pleasure of working with Bo. When Bo's name comes up, uh, somebody invariably will say, "Bo knows TV." Oh, thanks. I, oh, who is this, Mark? Who? Yep, Mark, I'm a sound mixer in town. Oh, hi. I don't remember the Augsburg shoot, but God, I'd mellowed. It's a good story. Um, Mark, I'm really glad you don't have any stories about me because those invariably don't work out too well. No. Well, Most I'm glad you didn't throw out your back on a tirade. Thank you, Mark. Bye-bye. Have a Bye, good Mark. Day. Honest to God, what I hear once in a while... Uh, and they haven't done it in years, but once in a while on the KQ Morning Show, they'll dig up an old piece of audio from when we were cutting spots and all the rest of it. Invariably, here's me. Uh, getting a good shave can be a real pain in the Motherfucker! <laughs> it's like, over. Oh, God damn it! You can really say anything. Oh, you can say anything on a podcast. That's, that's amazing. So but, the mean goy phase has not been. No. Yeah. But the one, the, the one piece of audio that I said, don't ever play that again. I'm going to record this spot for some guy. I don't know, whatever. And the engineer says, uh, Mr. Bernard. I said, don't call me Mr. Bernard. This Tom is good. He goes, what kind of mic do you like? I said, I like the mic where I talk in the front of it and money comes out the back. <laughs> why do we spend time with this yeah, guy? Yeah, why do you spend time with this guy? It's completely <laughs> insane. She never acts like that around us, thank God. What do your God. kids do aside from the, do they work the yeah, podcast, podcast full time? Yeah. Well, I produce yeah. the podcast. Okay. Alex is just kind of here. Oh, oh, oh you're Congratulations to the U.S. women's team bringing home the World Cup in a, in a back-to-back. Although it's not that impressive because we are currently on a 211 peat of the best of the Tom Bernard podcast. Brought to you as always by Bradshaw and Bryant. Great clips this week from Chris Jericho, Andy Kindler, and Bo Caprell. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we will 
See you next week. I